Welcome to Swapping Joysticks. It is the twenty the thirtieth of October. Yeah. Day before Halloween. And this is Swapping Joysticks, your home of gaming, streaming, whatever we want to talk about, really. And Gay I'm your, stuff. Maybe. Maybe some of that. Uh I'm Biggest Ben, otherwise known, just call me Ben. And I'm joined as always by Eurogamer's very own Ed Nightingale. That's me. Hello. Yeah. How are you doing? It's been a week. Sorry, it's been two weeks since our last one. It has. It's been a little while because we were at FanFest last week. And literally, it was just impossible to find an hour and a half for us to record this. Yeah. So. We've had a very busy week this week as well. And last night, we were out clubbing, which is why we're we a bit tired. A bit, yeah, we sound like this slightly <laughs> today. Um, but yeah, so that, but that I was... I feel like you're more hungover than I am. Uh, I mean, you fell asleep on the sofa. Uh, yeah, I did. Which is not good for my neck. Or you're back. No, I think my head is totally fine. I've not had any headaches at all today. That was um, a joke there. You, what? Never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were dropping both of those. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, like, yeah, I don't have a headache or anything like that. I just, my stomach is like, mm, I mean, my stomach. Did you not appreciate the pancakes I made for you this morning? Oh, no, I did. That's helping. Oh, okay. But guess, no, my, my, my stomach barely allows anything uh, in there without it going, oh, you're sure. Mm. And... Yeah, alcohol, different types and stuff is not the best for me. No, it's not. So, yeah, today I'm, well, this is, we record this on the Sunday and I'm scheduled to do a Beat Saber stream and I'm like, I don't want to vomit on stream, so I might postpone that till Tuesday because uh, I don't have anything planned for Tuesday. So, there. And that'll be might the be Halloween. Safer. It will definitely be safer, yeah. Maybe there's some like. And Halloween, scary that'll ones. be scary for people to watch. It will be because they'll be like, wow, that is so impressive. How, how does he do it? No, sure. you, you can come in and show people how it's done. Well, actually, because you're out tonight as well, so yeah, you can't join in. That is true. So yeah, we'll make sure you're there. I don't know what I'll do today anyway. But anyway, if you're, you're probably listening to this or watching this on a, on Monday or later, so you'll know what I decided to do. Mm. I'll just watch TV and play Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, yeah, we've been, it's been two weeks. And also from, I'm not sure exactly when, but I think probably from like December, the day for the podcast will be changing, won't it? Mm-hmm. We're going to be recording it on a Wednesday evening. And uh, it'll go up, I imagine, then on a Thursday. Which is to fit around your new schedule. Yes, my new uh, streaming schedule. I'm not going to bore people with it, but it's just going to be two days a week. Fridays and Sundays. Fridays, big community, you know, Mario Kart, Jackbox, that kind of fun stuff. And Sunday will be going through my like uh, my playthroughs. So at the moment I'm doing a Be A Dick playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3, where I'm just picking the dickish answers. And to be honest, that is the best way to play that game. And it... Like, you know, normally when you play a game like, let's say, Red Dead Redemption, which is a game I was playing yesterday, Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2, when you start being a dick and your honor goes down, things get a bit more difficult for you. Whereas I think Baldur's Gate 3, it doesn't get more difficult. You just, and it's interesting because sometimes you will get a, you'll get out of a scenario with a really positive response just by being a dick. Mm. So like you, you think that that's the way to kind of, you know, screw it up. By picking the, you know, be an asshole to the person who you're trying to help. But actually, in the end, you do get a, a decent thing. So that's been really good fun. And when I finish that, I'm going to go back and continue my playthrough of Final Fantasy 14. Because honestly, after FanFest, I, which we're going to talk about right now. I was going to say, speaking of. Um, FanFest has just made me like, you know what? I'm, I just, if I could just stream one game for the rest of eternity, I think it would be Final, Final Fantasy Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, it's um maybe you are. Um, I think that's the thing with FanFest. That's my sort of overriding thing with it. Having done now both Vegas and London, all right, sure. Both, sure. Um, both of them 
it's just it's all about the community and i think as much as like i've had my annoyances with the game in the past about it being a slog to get to the good bits and and even after the good bits there's a bit of a slog before the next yeah and and sometimes i've got a little bit bored with it and hasn't quite clicked in the way that i wanted it to but it's all about the community when you go to fanfest and it doesn't matter what you think of the game you just get completely wrapped up in the community and and you you can't help but be inspired Mm. by being there seeing the developers seeing the community dressed up yeah. going to all the events going to the concert that we went to on the monday um the concerts at fanfest and just it's not just about the vibe it's just a whole thing around the game that you can't help but be completely swept up in and yeah. just think i just want to go home and play this game immediately i was i was like yeah they needed to book out the other side of the xl with pcs so people people when they were like reached a point where they're like i really need to play this game right now they could just go in there and play for an hour or two and yeah. then get their film and then come back but you know, you know me, I'm a bit of a miserable cynic and stuff. When I go and do stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. Yeah, I had to drag you around to actually do the games. Well, no, I was very tired that day. When I'm tired, especially. But mm. no, when I got there, and like, especially the second day once I had a good sleep, I was like, oh, I am fully into this. I want to just take part in everything. I want to go take photos of everything. I was fully, fully on board. Um, but you know, I, I was so lucky to uh, to be able to go there and... Yeah, like going before, I'm like, I'm probably going to enjoy it, but I'm probably going to just find it a bit weird and awkward. And it's probably going to be a lot of like sitting around and waiting and not really much to do. But I think the opposite. There was just oh, so much to do. To do. But though, I didn't find the queues manic. Like I, I, the queues at a theme park are 10 times worse. Like if every, every kind of event that they had, I didn't see, apart from the crafting bit, there wasn't more than like a 30 minute wait. Um, so yeah. we should probably explain like what was there and what it is. Well, what, well, should we talk about what we did? So the first night, Friday night. Okay, so the Friday night we went to some drinks for media influencers and influencers. Don't know how I got there. Um, you're very influential, Ben. No, I'm your plus one. That's what that, I am. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we had a lo- journalist helps. By the way, it does. I recommend it. You're welcome. Just find your own. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not to be shared. Thank no. you very much. He's only small. <laughs> what? How dare. Um, so we had some nice drinks. We met some other other lovely um, influencers that we know. Um, Mia Bite, Ready Set Ben, Rook. Yes, um, Rook, who I've known for years and years through Rainbow Arcade. Finally got to meet her and she is just as nice in person as she is on, on camera. Rook is lovely. Yeah, if you don't follow Rookery, Rook, U-R-I. Yep. Uh, and your friend Shunko. Yes, oh, another friend who I've known since 2016. We used to play Fortnite together back in the day. That's how old, you know, um, how old we go, like oh, how far we go back. And it was amazing to meet him for the first time. We literally lived in the same city in Barcelona. Well, he lived just outside Barcelona, but like never actually met. And mm-hmm. now we live in totally different countries and we've met. So, but yeah, he was, uh, he was loving that. Yeah, a big shout out. And then we also got chatting with some of the voice actors. So obviously Ben Starr was there. Shout out to Ben. Obviously. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of, course, of course he's there. Um, and then the 14 voice actors as well. That was really... Um, oh, you pulled the, you pulled the wire. <laughs> that was really, um, that was really, really cool, actually. Those voice actors, I didn't expect them to be there at all. I just thought it was just going to some drinks and stuff. And they're like, Shh, you know, that over there, that's the voice actor for Alfinod and Thancred and Alisei. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and like, I really hope I get to just say hi to them at some point in the night. Um, and we ended up having 
great chat for a, most of the weekend. We had a great chat. We had a lovely picture, which now says Dawn Rail because of your massive head. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Is this because I called you small? So yes. yeah, I've got um, I've got a massive head, and there's a there was a beautiful backdrop where you could take photos with Dawn Trail and like the logo of it. The next expansion, yes, of, of Final Fantasy fourteen, and yeah, a picture of all of us, and then my head perfectly in front of the T. Um, so it just says Dawn Rail. Lovely. Love a Dawn Rail. We do. Um, so that was the Friday. That was good fun. And then we had actual fan fest on Saturday, Sunday. So the first thing was the keynote. Um, and we got to sit at the front. Oh. You're welcome. Thank you very so, much. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's, you know. You had a little taster of my life over the weekend. Yeah. I feel like I'm, you know. You know when someone's kind of not got long to live and they just get uh, given <laughs> like all the all the things they get to sit at the front and they get to ride the roller coaster at the front and that kind of thing. I feel feel like that. Am I? I mean, I'm, I could die happy now. Nice. Um, so there was the keynote, which Yoshida presented, um, which was good. There was some nice announcements of like stuff coming to Dawn Trail. I don't care about that. His cosplay. His cosplay was awesome. So the the the. The first, well, the biggest announcement really was that they announced the first job. So we know that there's two coming. One is Melee, one is a caster, both DPS. And the Melee one we now know is the Viper, which is an original job. Yeah. And it has two swords that then go together into like one long weapon. Yeah. And Yoshi P walked out in full cosplay (laughs) for the job, which was super cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Like I said to you before... When it comes to games like Monster Hunter, I just love the dual blades. Um, there's another game I was playing recently with dual blades. Um, I can't remember what it is. But yeah, it was dual blades I really enjoy. So that game, that job seems quite fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays and how it's different from the other kind of melee, quick melee ones like Rogue, Monk. Yeah. So we'll it, looks, it looks really, really cool. We got some more details on, like smaller details on the environments and the stories. They showed off some in-game stuff, which looks really nice. Mm. Um, obviously with the graphical update as well. So that was really cool. Um, and then there was about 10 minutes about chins. La la chins. La la chins, which was... Um, it's no longer a line. A, a bit too much detail. Yeah. That could have <laughs> been in, you know, left to the producer or like a tech bit. Yeah. Like one of the tech panels. Yeah, <laughs> I think a few people were like, oh, but I think everyone was just so so like caught up in the moment. They were like, I'm absorbing everything that Yoshi oh, is saying. Of course, of course. Um, so there was that, and then basically the rest of FanFest, there are a number of panels on that sort of staging area that you can watch. Um, there were game shows. There's esports stuff. I, um, I, I was impressed that there was a whole one hour plus game show for five questions. I that mean, was... who wants to be a billionaire? Was literally five questions. I'm like, that's. That's five minutes, not an hour. But also, it's a play on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but it felt a little bit family fortunes, family feuds. It was, yeah, it was family fortunes. But with, but then the it was their Who Wants to Be a Millionaire question answers. It was very confusing. Yeah. It was a mashup of it. I was surprised there wasn't a big Wheel of Fortune in the middle of it as well. <laughs> there should have been. That would mm. been good. So there's but that. Rook was, it, Rook was in that. Rook, yes. Long, yeah. He did very well. But a few people we ended up chatting to during the weekend. Mm. And then the rest of FanFest elsewhere, there's loads of stuff going on. There's a battle challenge where you can, it's like a set battle thing in the game you can go and play. There's obviously merch, which is a huge queue. Um, I finally got merch because I wanted some from Vegas and I didn't get any. So now, finally have the delivery Moogle. Sorry for anyone listening to the audio, but it's, it's a Moogle, but it's got a little Postman Pat hat on the side of its head. Postman Pat hat? Yeah. Wow. 
and a big fluffy ball. Yeah. So I finally have a Moogle. And I have a wind-up delivery Moogle in the game because it came with a minion. You've taken it. Yeah. I bought it, Ed. I'm also... taken it. You don't take things that you buy. That's true. I'm also wearing the T-shirt. I'm going to stand up. Sorry if you're listening. Oh. But I've got, great job I've got as well. the... Uh, I've got the T-shirt. Can you describe it? Well, do you want to describe it while I'm stood up? There you go. Uh, you might want to move the microphone out of the way. This is a white T-shirt featuring a comic book style... Uh, cover front on it which says clash on the big bridge and there is some kind of i don't know some giant monster that is above a tower bridge in london and a green bird on there and it says final fantasy 14 fan festival london so i'm guessing that's the exclusive one for london is it your jimbo or not or is it just the demon jimbo yo jimbo I have no I'm idea. not sure I, genuinely i don't know and that makes me feel like a terrible fan um but it's a cool t-shirt and we've got one each we do. Yeah, that was uh, it's just nice to go there and, and get a bunch of things. So that was the merch, which we thought, yeah. Do you want me to get off? Oh, another thing. We also got the vinyl. We did. So do you want to show what the vinyl is? Sorry, the sound is coming out of one ear. I need to. Uh, you need a better plug, Ben. I do. Do you want to yes. describe what this is? This is a maroon colored box set. It's with a vinyl. With uh, four vinyls. All right. I thought we just, yeah, speed it along a little bit. Okay, it's a vinyl box set, and it's maroon with gold lettering. Uh, and it's the, it's A Realm Reborn, Heavensward, Stormblood, and Shadowbringers. Mm. Uh, music from, which means we can now listen to Lahi yes. on vinyl. Which wasn't on any of the concerts we went to, but I guess that was last expansion. Sadly not. Mm. Um. So, yes, so they have uh, the merch area, and then there's... All these different areas, like themed areas with little mini games you can play. So um, there was um, Gridania and... Gridania. Gridania. Uh, Thanalan, Limsa Liminsa, the Gold Saucer, um, and all themed like lots of little games, yeah. which was good fun. We did some archery, which we did I won. By 20 points. And we did some fishing that I won by mm, about 230 <laughs> points. Um, and we did like a, a food thing uh, with some uh, with some other people we got put in a team with, which was good fun. Yeah, and they found us on Twitter because I did? was posting pictures and I think someone had seen them in the pictures and had sent it to them and like, hey, you're in this. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, you wouldn't let me have a tattoo. I didn't. Well, I, I would let you, but it was 30 minutes long. That was a bit cute. Um, they always had a crafting bit in the middle, which was really cool, but we did not get to do it because that was the most popular thing and it was like a two, mm. three hour wait. Um, but you could make a sort of leather key ring. Um, and then there was also a bracelet one and a pouch one. So it was all kind of leather work, metal work, all of that kind of stuff. Cool. Which was really cool. So yeah, it was just, it was, I have to say, again, not to show off, but having been to like Vegas and then London, it was interesting to compare them because for me, like Vegas was really exciting because it was going to Vegas for the first time. And also my first fan fest mm. and because they announced dawn trail and all the initial stuff for the expansion i think the keynote felt more exciting yeah um so that was really really special but then the london one i think was much better organized i think the the areas and the games were better um and also it was nice like not just to say like you were there with me but also we had other friends there and i had other journalist friends there so it wasn't just a small group of us experiencing it and i yeah. spent a lot of vegas on my own like this was nice to see friends and experience it as a group which was yeah. really cool i thought that as well and like yeah we did did you make many friends in vegas 
Or was it just the fellow journalists? Uh, just the fellow journalists, really. Yeah, whereas I think I feel like this time we we got to meet loads of new people, which is yeah, really cool. We met loads of people, which is really really nice. Um, and that's the thing, like the vibe there, and I think that is the Final Fantasy fourteen community. And you know that they, they say this stuff on stage, and they go, "Oh, like we are the best community, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And it's like, no, generally I think they are mm. for a big big game that has these conventions where they come together and they meet. I can't think of a better one. People like talk about, oh, you know, if there's Animal Crossing uh, community or there's a Stardew one, but like there is, as far as I'm aware, there isn't a Stardew Fest. No, not on that maybe scale. there should be. Um, but no, I, like the community is just so welcoming and friendly there and people will just start chatting to you and you know that you're going to start chatting with somebody and they're going to be friendly. Yeah. There's no one that's going to be a dick. Everyone is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a press conference on Saturday night. Oh, uh, my dream which came you joined true. in. They invited me. I don't know. Yeah, I got that email from that. That is true. Um, and you got to meet Yoshi P. Well, right. we both did. I've met him before, but you yeah. finally got to meet Yoshi I P. I know. I said that before. I was like, if there's anybody in like all the video games I would love to meet, it would be Yoshi P. And I've ticked that off. And we had a picture and he went and like, because obviously we had a picture together, which it's probably going to be the thumbnail on YouTube if you've seen this already. If not, yeah. go to Swap Joysticks on Twitter and it will. you'll see the thumbnail there. But yeah, he went to kind of like, put his arm around me, but obviously I'm a lot taller and he kind of, so forced me kind of down to, to, you know, bend down. So it didn't look yeah. too odd. And actually it looks, it's a really nice picture. It is a good picture. I showed him my phone as we walked up because I've got, um, Clive and Jill from 16 mm. as my, as my wallpaper on my phone. So I showed him that and he was like, Oh, and then he saw it as both of us. So he like gave me, cause he, he was still in cosplay. Yeah. He was in cosplay like for the entirety of the first day. Yeah. Um, so he must have been sweating in that, but he like handed me one of the swords so I could hold it. Um, and we got a, a really nice picture. I was say that cosplay was um, created by a 14 cosplayer and like fully designed. And it was like properly hard metal leather. Yeah, like it's it an was incredible costume. And a, yeah, there's a video of her like just completely, you know, overwhelmed really at uh, the fact that Yoshi P was wearing this and, yeah, and yeah. thanked and thanked her for it. And yeah, it was really nice. Just such a nice guy, isn't he? Comes yeah. across as. Oh, he really is. He's yeah. lovely. And I love, yeah, because you see all the, like, there are so many games, like, with communities, and you see the people at the top, and they are just, I mean, for WoW, for example, World of Warcraft, do they have FanFest type thing? Well, they have BlizzCon, BlizzCon don't they? BlizzCon with Bobby Kotick. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, it, there's no, there's nobody, as far as I'm aware, and I apologize if I am wrong here, but as far as I'm aware, in, like, BlizzCon and stuff, there isn't anybody that's at the head that's such, like, put all their passion and all their time and all their love into a game and making sure that game is great when it comes to like the community. They just see numbers, which I'm, I'm sure that Yoshi P is obviously going to be number driven and, you know, he's got to create a product that's going to be selling a lot. Yeah. But it just seems like he's a proper fan. Yeah, he is. He's a fan. He, he is a Final Fantasy fan. Mm. Um, and that was the other thing is that there were a couple of um, events on the stage with him and Sakaguchi, about who say, was yeah. the creator of Final Fantasy, the original. That was a surprise, wasn't it? Which was... Better than Phil Spencer? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I knew he was... They'd announced beforehand he was going to be there. Oh, did they? So it wasn't a surprise, but it was really cool to see basically the two top Final Fantasy people like together yeah. on stage and just really um, respectful of each other. Mm. You know, Yoshi P is thankful for Sakaguchi for creating the series, and then Sakaguchi is playing 14. At the moment. And, and is like... He's gone past where I am. I'm like, I've been playing it since 2015 he's and proper, he's already gone past... Proper expert at this. Yeah. And then is kind of telling Yoshi P like how much he loves the game and plays it. And it's there's so much and mutual respect him. 
between them. That's when he, yeah, Yoshi P had a bit of a, a tear in his eye, didn't yeah. he? Um, when he like thanked him for doing such a good job with uh, with 14. Yeah, exactly. So that was really cool like to see them on stage together. And then there was also the concerts. So the Saturday night was the piano concert with Keiko and Amanda Aiken, oh. which was my favourite bit. It Yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. And I loved, well, <laughs> half of it I had to look away from the screen because I love the fact that they do the music and then in the background they'll have the images or some of the moments from that place, or like from where the music is from. Mm. But I'm currently halfway through Endwalker, which maybe is what I'm going to do tonight. I'm halfway through Endwalker, and a lot of them I'm like, oh, I don't recognize that place, I'm going to look away. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it I was kind of just closing my eyes, but to be honest, that is also a great way to experience a piano concert. Yeah. But I mean, the pianist, Keiko, Keiko. she was phenomenal. Yeah. And we saw her actually in the closing set, well, during the primals at the end, and she was loving, she was getting fully into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But there's some people next to me as well, like wave to her and be like, hey, can I have a photo of you? And she's there going like, fingers up, smile. Yeah, yeah. Like, have, you, have you got the right photo? Have you got the she right pose? She's so adorable. She's so, so sweet. <laughs> so adorable. And also, and I, like you genuinely can't not talk about Amanda. Aiken. Amanda Aiken, yeah, the, uh, the singer. She was, yeah. like her voice is just. It's just really pure. It really is. And the music that you hear, like when you start up the game, or and you probably have heard her voice so many times on, I think it's the 80% of the songs she sings. Probably, yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, that was so, no. So can did all the songs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she's performs 80% of it. No, sorry. No, I'm thinking of um, uh, Keiko, the piano music during 14. I think 80% of that is Keiko performing. Okay. But no, I mean, Amanda Aiken, she, her voice is just so unique and when she sings and performs it it's like pitch perfect yeah she she's incredible and just also just a really lovely person like you can just yeah. tell she's so grateful she to the community it. Yeah, it, she's playing it, does it surprise you that like some of like the voice actors and like the singers and stuff they're such like kind of iconic people within the game that they don't play it the thing is i imagine if you're working on it you're so in it that you've sort of experienced it in some way um, or at least had your own experience of it. And maybe going back and playing it is then uh, like a, a different experience than maybe you don't want when you've worked on it so much. It's that like, that's your work. It's not fun, mm. but I mean, it is fun, but, but maybe also, you want that separation. Yeah. For some people. But also it's a long time commitment. Whereas if somebody is in a movie, for example, they'll watch it at the premiere and that's it. And they don't yeah. need to do anything else or, apart from interviews, but also I, I quite, it's surprising as well, maybe how little time they spend doing the voice acting recording, like doing the voice recordings. Yeah. Like, yeah, we spoke to a couple of people and it was like, yeah, two or three sessions. And it's like, well, this thing is going on for years and years. And the actual time that it takes for them to record it is quite a bit shorter than what you can, what you maybe imagine. Yeah. Especially because not all of the lines are voiced in uh, 14. It's on yeah, the, like, exactly. They're quite select with, you know, which cutscenes. Yeah. So then Sunday was the Primals concert, which is basically the rock band made up of Soken and Koji Fox and some dad of the other rock. developers. I love a bit of dad it rock. It is proper dad rock, um, but it's good fun. Like it's just, it's not, I don't think the music is necessarily the best, but they just, just the vibe yeah. of it is just really fun. I, and everyone gets really into it. And we was yeah. we were stood towards the back with well, uh, was, was Peter gonna, and Colin. Yeah, well, like I said, I was... It's, this is another one thing where I'm like, I'm probably not going to enjoy this, but I'll, you know, I'll go along to it because that kind of music isn't my kind of thing. And when it started, I was like, oh. But then within about 30 seconds, just everybody was obsessed. The glow sticks out. The glow sticks out. <laughs> 
And actually, the songs weren't bad. I, I did enjoy like the they're, they're good. Fun. It's not kind of tuneless rock. You know, you can actually hear the song, and I recognize a lot of the tunes as well. Yeah, so of course. it was nice to kind of go, oh yeah, and this is like a rock version of of this. And they did some bits, obviously, from Shadowbringers and previous installments that were that were great. But yeah, we were stood at the back with the voice actor for Alphinode and Thancred. Colin and Peter. Colin and Peter. And that was that was quite a unique experience to that be watching cool. the primals with Thancred and Alphinode. Yeah. It's it's also funny because a lot of the voice actors were walking around and I think people, n- not everybody knows their faces. So they obviously recognize their voices, um, but not everybody knows who they are. So Peter, for instance, was like walking up to people in Thancred cosplay being like, oh, can I get a picture? And they're like, sure. Like, who are you? And he's like, Oh, I'm the I'm the VA for Thancred, and they're like, "Holy fuck, yes, come in, let's have a picture." Like, um, which is quite funny. I'm I'm surprised that there wasn't like a voice actor panel, just because mm-hmm. I feel like the voice actors, most of them were there, so it would have been cool to sort of highlight them. I get um, the impression, like with the voice actors, though, they would probably have to then kind of invite everybody, and then they'd have to pay to get them over there. And yeah, maybe. Might. Maybe. Yeah, but also I thought earlier as well about oh, but then they need the Japanese voice actors, but no, they could just have a panel for Japanese VAs when they do the Tokyo one. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they will do. It'd be interesting to see what panels they have and if they do translate them. Yeah, I know they don't translate them in the hall, but I mean, I so I've done sort of both FanFest this year, and that's the first time I've even watched them, let alone been. Mm. So I'm intrigued to sort of then see the Tokyo one and see sort of look at pictures and watch the keynote and see how it compares. Yeah. Um, which would be interesting. And I think it's also really cool to be at the start of the process of like, okay, we're announcing the next expansion and now we're following it through with each fan fest before it comes out. Yeah. It's really nice to sort of feel like you're part of that process to see the announcements and yeah. see it eventually come out. And I am determined to get up to date so that then Dawn Trail I can play day one yeah. with everyone else brand new. So that is my, that is you my intention. You can do that in no time. I Oh, I can, I can, it's, it's perfectly doable, um, and I think I think I might have to like crack on over Christmas. Um, Go for it, because I want to tick off some other games from this year for Game of the Year. So I want to make sure I I finish those first. But then I really want to like get straight into fourteen. And as we said before, like you go to FanFest, you feel really inspired. Like I now just yeah. want to play this all the time. Um, as as much as you know, you're a boring bit with Lopperitz and. I've had boring oh, yeah. bits that I've played My and you're like, the oh, okay, bit, but... The boring bit has ended now, I can promise you. Um, yeah, no, I got to... It's weird because I went to FanFest feeling a little bit down on the game a little because I was... I was like, okay, I'm going to FanFest, I'm going to play it, I'm going to try and get up to date. Absolutely had no... What's that pipe? Um, I had no... There was no chance of me getting up to date, unfortunately, but I played it for a good couple of hours and if anybody's played Endwalker, I, there's no spoilers, but there's a Lopperit part. If you don't know what Lopperit is... You don't want that. It's great because then it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. But uh, and I was speaking to a few people actually at FanFest being like, I'm at the Lopperit part. And it's literally just telling me to go from one end to another to talk about, to do these kind of like fetch quests that are kind of a level one to ten type thing. In fact, not even like level one to ten because I wasn't even killing anything. It was just literally talking and talking and talking and moving around. And I'm like, I know you're just trying to pad it a bit, um, which just it did it a bit of a disservice because that expansion so far, like I've gone a bit further past it now i've done a couple of done well, i've done a dungeon and done extra bits and gone to a different place i'm like oh wow this yeah that bit is maybe just a bit of a quiet period and tra- trying to flesh it out a bit but also i totally forgot as well that the day before when i was playing it i had this massive 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 boss fight mm. so if i would played it all at once 
it would have been actually quite nice and calming after this huge fight to kind of just wander around and do a little bit of world building. Yeah, you do. And I think it was just me being tired, but also being made even more tired by some kind of just go here and there, fetch quests and some the follow quests. You won't have had any of these yet. Not yet. But yeah, Endwalker introduced us, and I hope that'll be the last time they appear, some kind of stealth follow missions. Oh no, I've had, uh, there's been stuff like that previously. I'm sure there's some of that in Stormblood. Don't you have to follow the fish? The little (laughs) fish fish thing oh is that is that Stormblood I, I can't remember but there's a couple I mm, there's definitely a couple I think that were I think maybe the new there's a new mechanic in it um introducing Endwalker there are a couple of times because you don't because you're following somebody and you have to be close to them but then they turn around at specific mm. intervals so you need to know when they're turning around so that you can hide but you don't know if they're go- the first time you face it you don't why, know when they're going to turn around why do games feel the need to do follow missions it's like in Breath of the Wild, there's the one where you have to follow the Korok. Mm. And it, it like if you get too close, it gets spooked. And you're just like, this is so annoying. This yeah. annoying little twat of a Korok. Can you I, not turn around, please? Yeah, they've been like that ever since the beginning of gaming. I remember like Yakuza 0 had some really annoying ones. And, oh, great. I mean, back in, um, no, back like in PS1, PS2, where I think, no, GTA, that did that was a really annoying one. Mm. Where, because if they were out of sight for like more than a few seconds, you'd fail the mission. It's like, well, I know where they are. That road is literally a one-way street. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, those games, those missions do annoy me. Yeah. But it it really did inspire me to go back to it. And I have been playing it. I was playing it the day before yesterday on the PlayStation, which I think you might be looking at doing. Yes, I think I'm going to switch and start playing with a controller. I'm going to play with a controller on PC to see how I feel, um, to see if I can get along with it. And if I do, and actually I kind of prefer a controller, then I think I'm going to switch and play it on PlayStation because mm-hmm. then I can just sit on the sofa with a big screen, have the keyboard next to me as well, so I can still talk to people. Yeah, yeah, that's the um, great thing. Like You can just get a really cheap... I got a cheap £20... It's the I mean, logic- I'm going to steal yours, so... Oh, God. I mean, Tell it- the people what you bought, but I'm going to just take it. Yeah, okay, I got the uh, <laughs> Logitech... K something, I think. Uh, where is it? It says it on here, but it's like, yeah, K295. And it costs like £20. And it's a mouse keyboard and it's wireless Bluetooth. And you literally just plug it into the PlayStation, the little Bluetooth adapter. It works instantly. Like less than a second, it's all set up mm. and it just, it's natively. And you you just use that. If you've got the controller, if you're playing 14 with the controller method selected, this will just do text for the, for the, uh, for the chat. chat. And then you can use the mouse as well to click on things on the screen, but you'd only really use that for the map, which can be really useful. Mm. If you need to go somewhere, rather than using the touchpad, which touchpad is okay as a last resort, it works, but I much prefer that. Yeah. But it's just, I think what I would recommend doing as well, if you are going to switch to controller, is start a new job. Even though you go back to your original one, but just start a new job just to kind of build up to it. Because if you've just got your original one and you're trying to work out again on something right now, I need to just get through the story. <laughs> like that's my priority. But like, no, starting a job for like an hour. If you spent an hour on it, you just get the kind of the idea of what it is, and then you can then you go, okay, that that feels more natural to me, and then you can match those. Because then you'll have to move where your current, um, yeah, like I don't mind are. as much though, because I'm doing it with duty support, so it's not like mm. I'm gonna cock up and annoy people. Okay, so yeah. I don't mind taking my time to sort of get into it. You're not it like just, me, I don't think, because the amount of times I restart that game, like, oh, yeah. do I finish the story or do I, you know, start a rogue or... No, I, I, it's the story that I'm interested in. So I want to just carry on with that. But I think for me, 14 has always felt a bit like work. And I think that's because it's a slog. 
but also it's because for my job I've wanted to get up to date with it but also I'm playing it on a PC that's where I sit all day and work that's why I and like that's it on why I want to yeah. move to the PlayStation so I'm like I've got that separation of okay now I'm going to have fun playing the game as opposed to sitting at my desk at my PC again it's actually so, quite rare that I sit at my computer playing a game and not stream yeah I can't even remember the last time I did that I would only ever do that really for games that I really want to play with a mouse and keyboard like City mm. Skylines or something like that I'm going to do the same for Baldur's Gate as well I think with PlayStation mm. interesting um again it's just i like i've always been a console player anyway and i like sitting on a sofa it's just more comfy the big yeah, screen that's, yeah we just need to get a decent sofa yeah um so to finish off fan fest the next day the monday night we then went to the aeorsian symphony concert which is not part of fan fest but is done sort of the next day and most people will will try and get tickets and go to both um and we're on the front row yeah, again, still don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for which the doctors wild. to walk in and be like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and which was cool to because... Luke, by the way, got to be a massive thank you to Luke. Yes. Also, not a big thank you to Luke for being the reason why we're probably hung over today because we went out and partied with him. That is true. Although he did leave like an hour before us, so maybe we're the bad influencers. We're the party animals. <laughs> no. Um, Just while we still can. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, we were front row and Yoshi P was was um, presenting right it us, um, as the MC with Koji Fox obviously translating but they were right in front of us like like directly in front of us just like um, which was super super cool one person we've not really mentioned much about is Soken that's true because Soken is so involved in the, in the concerts so the He's two the concerts director I think sound director, sound director is yeah. his title but I mean he composed all the music um so he's obviously, yeah, in charge of the, the two concerts at FanFest and then is a big part of the symphony mm. orchestra as well. Um, I mean, he's not conducting or anything, but also obviously in, yeah, is, yeah. is, you know, he wrote the music, so he's a big part of it. And uh, he's such a character. I think he's the most liked person he's just um, so much from fun. the community. Like, he's he, adorable. Because we could, because we were at the front, you could see like off stage and you could see him just having a great time and like yeah. filming it and creating memories. And he loves London. It was his birthday last Tuesday, I think. And he's, oh, maybe Thursday. And he stayed in London for a few extra days because he helped He helped set up the servers, the European servers for no. Final Fantasy. No, is that someone else? That's someone else, Ben. That's not what so was that? No, okay, yeah, that's um, Fox. Yeah, I can never remember his name. No, I feel really bad. I know his, it's like Fox Clan, I think his, Fox Clan, oh yeah. Somebody yeah, in the he's got grey hair, he's in Legend of the Producer. I can never remember his name and I feel really bad. Yeah. Um, no, that's who you're thinking yes, of. Sorry, yes, that is. Yeah, Soken. Soken's, he's also very, Soken's very dad energetic. plays the trumpet in the BBC concert orchestra. That's uh, the, or was taught by the trumpet player in the BBC concert orchestra. So there was a link there. That's the that's link why I'm he thinking was of. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I got you there. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, Soken is just, just me doing this. Podcast. Soken is adorable. I think everyone everyone loves him, and yeah. he I, I appreciate that he always attempts to speak in English a little bit, even though it's very broken. But he always tries, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, so, As yeah. does. Fox Clan, which... Um, yeah, well, he speaks better English. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was the Symphony concert, which was also really good. But was... again, lots of visuals that we had to look away from. Near the end. Luckily, they did a lot of Realm Reborn, Heavensward, Stormblood. And yeah, Shadow they went Bringers. through all of, all of the expansions. Yeah, so we knew that we didn't... We, it was just near the end. Although they obviously... I mean, it makes sense. They were kind of leaning heavily on the latest uh, expansion. Yeah, they did more of that. Um, again, Amanda was incredible. Um, Jason was also there. Jason's the rock singer. Yeah. Um, who was also with the Primals, but sang and this was, as well. I think it was interesting as well that you were saying how Soken does music that's literally like something relaxing, calm, piano. It'll create that, but it'll also write a rock song. 
Yeah. And he's no, not afraid to put a rock song in this game, like, just as background. I love I love that about 14. That's what I really liked with Shadowbringers, was then it suddenly went really, like, emo rock. And I was like, I'm here for this. <laughs> as much as I love the orchestral stuff. And yeah. obviously, la But then he'll do loads of rock stuff as well, which is super cool. But I also like that he did that in 16. Because mm. 16 is all sort of orchestral. Like and the then there was Titan battles with, like, rock music going. You're like, okay, I'm totally into this. Yeah. So I feel like that mix of orchestral and rock is is very soaken, yeah. which I really appreciate. He does a good job. Very yeah. talented. So, yeah, has this now spurred you on to play a lot more 14? Absolutely. Absolutely. As I said, there are some other games from this year that I want to tick off first, which I guess we'll get into in a second because we should talk about what we've been playing. Um, but 14 is is... It's always been on the agenda for me to catch up with but it is becoming more and more of a priority for me yeah a top priority i should say this was a priority a top yeah, priority same i'm wanting to finish it as soon as possible so that yeah. i can kind of do the end game things and i will be once i finish my Baldur's gate playthrough i'm going to continue which i think i started i didn't even finish um talking about earlier but once i finish the Baldur's gate playthrough which is probably going to be till the end of the year if not into the new year but i will be continuing my final fantasy 14 uh, playthrough from the very start, which I'm currently right just before um, Heaven's Ward. And I think I need your help to get me through the Crystal Tower raids because otherwise the queues are a bit too long. I will gladly heal you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, yeah, let's talk about games that we've been playing this week because there are, luckily, there are a couple of games out um, at the moment. Oh, sorry, I just hit something on my desk behind me here. Um, as I scooched up. Shall we talk about Spider-Man? Let's. Um, I've been playing it a little bit this morning. So I'm... And I played it a little bit earlier in the week, I think. So yeah. I've, I've done maybe an hour and a half, two hours. Are you further than me yet? Probably not. You saw me doing like a, a big stealth area underground. Not really underground. But... I have not done that. Okay, cool. Good to know. So I, this morning when I was playing it, did um, a big ship. Yep. That gets attacked. Yeah, and the and the pier. Yep. Yep. And I finished pretty soon after that. Okay. So I'm not I'm not very if you've played it already, then you'll know where I am. I'm not too far into it. Yeah, there's no spoilers. There are well, there might be the other spoilers from the first hour. Um, but I don't think it's anything that wasn't in the trailer. No. Um the first hour is great. It obviously throws you straight into a big boss fight, because of course, which feels very God of War y to me, um, in that it's yeah. just typical Sony action kind of stuff. They definitely but it's really well done. ramped it up from, you know, riding Rhino through a mall, which was an epic fight. Was that Miles Morales or Spider-Man? I think it was Spider-Man, wasn't it? When he's riding Rhino. Those two games blur for me. And it was a long time ago I played them, so I yeah, can't quite remember. As well. But they, yeah, this one is epic. This is like huge. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Colossal. Um, I'm really enjoying what I've played so far. What I've heard is that it's quite short if you just do the main quest. And I think I'm probably just going to do that and race through it. I might go back later and do some platinum hunting. Um, but I th feel like I just want to sort of race through the main quest. Um, so it's quite short, but it's just really well done. Like, I don't think either of us are big Marvel fans. You maybe like Spider-Man specifically yeah. a bit more than me. But it's for me, it's just, it's just a good action game. Like combat feels good. The performances are really well done. The story is kind of predictable, but it's it's well done. Yeah, um, it's just fun, and it's just you can't it, not enjoy it. It is a really good fun game, and like the controls, and it just feels really really tight. Like you don't, it's not sluggish at all. 
There's also a lot more, this time around, there's a lot more customization when it comes to fighting. So it does mm -hmm. the old Assassin's Creed, well, the old Assassin's the new Assassin's Creed thing where if you hold down one of the triggers, you can use the face buttons to use special attacks. So I think it's if you pull down, like, let's say the right trigger, you can use any of, you know, triangle, square, circle, X to, um, to perform something a bit weird and unusual. And because all those can be kind of mapped to both left trigger, right trigger, they can actually, yeah, bring up some really interesting things. And like, it's not too difficult. So you just bash them. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. You don't need to, the level that we're playing at, we're just playing on normal mm -hmm. uh, or the difficulty. It's not where you have to really kind of plan what you're doing. You can just press those when those cooldowns are, are finished and yeah. it'll just do a random attack and it'll send them in the air or it'll suddenly like dive through people. I think a lot of them are, I think a lot of those moves so far are kind of crowd control. So it's like lifting them up in the air or spreading them out or, you know, blasting them away. So it's kind yeah. of, it stops you from being overwhelmed by people. And you can rack up some really long combos once you get to grips with it. Yeah. With the combat, you can really rack up really long combos and, and it looks really slick. But also you can kind of just button bash through it as well and still have fun. Like yeah. it's just, I, I find it a bit mindless. Mm. Not in a bad way, just in that it's, it's proper popcorn entertainment in the same way that the Marvel films are. Like, mm. I'm not a massive fan of them, but you can just sit and eat some popcorn and just watch an action film go by. And I feel quite similarly about Spider-Man. Like, I think it's really good. I think it's much better than the Marvel films, to be honest. Yeah. But it's just popcorn entertainment. You don't have to think too hard with with the gameplay or the story, but it's just good fun. It just never gets frustrating as well, I don't think. And it looks great as well. Oh, yeah. And that you can see that the that they have really like stepped up for the PS5. Like the density of traffic, for example, mm. you go and through trees. there and trees. Yeah, you go start. You know, you start swinging through things, and you look down. And you're like, oh, I, it actually does feel a bit more like New York. Because in the original Spider-Man, there'd be like three or four cars. And you're like, okay, yeah. that's I've been to New York. That is not what New York is like. Yeah. So it. I mean, it's still obviously not going to be gridlocked like uh, real life, but it's yeah, it is cool doing that. And I feel like as well this is really emphasizing on speed and getting somewhere quickly as possible. Like with the wingsuits and all the, the upgrades fun. that you get and the, the wind tunnels that you can go through mm. uh, with your wingsuit. So it's really, really been like, yeah, it's a massive map now. The map's increased, but we still don't think you should tra fast travel. We just still don't. We still think fast travel is... Uh... Well, the fast travel is impressive because you can sort of fast travel anywhere and then it just takes you there in almost instantly. Have you done any of that? Because I have not unlocked fast travel yet. I've unlocked one in one in one place but i haven't actually used it i've just seen videos online and it does look impressive but yes yeah, swinging and flying is so fun that why would you not want to just do that and mm. keep it i guess more seamless i quite like the idea of having fast travel unlocked once you've done certain things in that in that area mm -hmm. so you're not going to like the top of a tower like in far cry or you're not i don't know what it was previously for that was it just if you did some quests like you could fast travel to that quest i can't remember exactly no, I can't remember. Oh, there's like subways, but... Well, yeah, yeah, you're on the subway, but I can't remember how you unlock that. No, but this on this game, yeah, you have to kind of do some of the yeah the various side missions. And once you've reached a certain level, because you reach certain levels and then you unlock some things, and I think it's level two, you unlock fast travel for that area. But like, it's just ridiculously quick. Yeah, it's very cool. So that's going to be my game, I think, for the next week. Um, that's going to be my two, game maybe. after 14, I think. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip through that and, and get that ticked off. Um, that came out a week ago. Uh, the same day was Mario Wonder, which we have and haven't played yet. 
but no. I'm going to be playing that on stream. So I'm okay. saving that for, for streams. But we will get to that. That is on our list. So yeah, we will be talking about that probably in a few weeks. Yes, probably. Hmm. Um, what also came out earlier that week, last week, which I reviewed for Eurogamer, is Sonic Superstars. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about it because there's a review and also we're a bit late now hmm. uh, to talk about it. But it's not amazing. Um, I, I I grew up on Sonic. The, the original Mega Drive games, Sonic Mega Drive games, were my first love. That's what got me into gaming. So I always have high hopes for Sonic games and I always kind of love them even if they're a bit trashy. Like Sonic Frontiers, I think is a really fun game even though I completely get it's like a 7 out of 10. I still really enjoy it because it's Sonic. Um, and that game for me has what Sonic Superstars doesn't which is a sense of flow and sort of acrobatic platforming and speed. It's and... not about speed, Ed. Sonic is about speed. It is. It's literally Sonic. I mean, his name is Sonic. And also, when you say Sonic's about speed, people assume you mean quick. But speed can also be slow. Speed is about how fast you're going. So it's about understanding when to go fast, when to go slow. It is about speed. Um, but it's about the for me, it's about the flow of you have fast bits with loops and stuff like that, but then you also have slower platforming bits. But you want to be able to do that smoothly and at speed, hope, or, or trying to do that at speed, to maintain that sense of flow. Mm. And unfortunately, Sonic Superstars does not do that for me. Um, it has a lot of obstacles that slow you down, that you're forced to slow down on, which are very annoying. Um, or like gimmicks that slow you down. So like the second level is called Speed Jungle, but mm -hmm. the second act of that is in the dark, so you can't see where you're going, so you kind of have to go a bit slower. And you're like, this is just, for me, that's just against the whole idea of what Sonic should be. I think you should wear I think you should write a feature. No. Called Sonic is about speed, you fucking morons. No, I'm not gonna do that. Okay. I'll be I'll be hated even more if I do that. Um and it's also, nearly as bad it, as Persona. No. <laughs> um but also it's got the annoying thing of enemy placement just in an annoying place, which is just really frustrating because it's like you pick up speed and then you, you end up hitting an enemy because it flies at you at just the wrong moment that's just timed or there are some spikes right in your path and just stuff like that, which is just bad level design. Mm. And the Sonic games have always had that. Um, I should say this is yeah. a 2D Sonic game, um, Sonic Superstars. And it's always had that, but like I just wish that they just improved it. Um, it has some good ideas. I think it looks really bland. I don't think the music's very good either. Um, I It also has co-op, which I just think is fundamentally against Sonic. Like I In Sonic 2 on the Mega Drive, and then Sonic 3 later, where you're playing a Sonic, and then the computer is Tails, who kind of gets lagging behind and falls off the screen and whatever. Like, that ends up being, being player two when you're playing Sonic Superstars. Mm. Nobody wants to be that person. Nobody wants to be flying off the screen and teleporting to the better player. It's For me, it just doesn't work. I don't like it. Um, It'd be better with split screen. Yes, which is what Sonic 2 had mm. <laughs> as a multiplayer. Um so for me, it just doesn't live up to what Sonic could be. And I found it a bit disappointing. But there are more thoughts on Eurogame. You can go read my review. Um, what did you give and it? And it also, I gave it a three out of five. Better than Lords of the Fallen then. It is, yes. Um, it also has not sold very well because it came out the same week as a Mario game and Spider-Man. So Sonic has really not sold very well uh, in comparison, which is not good. Um, but there's one other game that I finished yesterday. Um, because this week we had the release of Alan Wake 2. That's true, yeah. Now, 
Alan Wake 1 came out 12, 13 years ago, something like that. It's, it was a while ago. It was a 360 game. I didn't have a 360, so I never played it. I have now played the remastered version that's on PS Plus, uh, which you also played and didn't really like. I much. didn't like it. I enjoyed it, but I also agree with your criticisms that it is very clunky. It was mainly the controls I didn't like. I liked yeah. the story. I liked the setting. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, and the fact that it was kind of control was very much linked to that story in that world. Yes. I liked that. Um, but yeah, no, the, the control. Like control though? The I game control. Um, I didn't. I liked it. I thought it was like a solid eight out of ten. Because I absolutely loved Control. Well, like, I, I did that. I'm, I've been saying like, oh yeah, Control is about an 8 out of 10. And like the amount of people who I've spoken to, because we mentioned this over the last week or so with various people, they've been like, oh, what? what? And I looked and I'm like, it's literally like 83 on Open Critic. Like an 8 out of 10 it was the general consensus for the game. But I, I, I think some of it might have been down to performance because I played it on release on PS4 and it ran like dog shit. It was like, sometimes I'd load up the map and it would just be a black screen because yeah. the map hadn't wouldn't load. And I'm like, well... It's a game where you really need a map because there's like, it's lots of kind of, you need to um, like go to this. It's a bit like a Metroidvania of, mm -hmm. of sorts. So you need to use that map to locate where you need to go. And like the fact it wasn't showing was just annoying me. And I also thought there was a few weird difficulty spikes, especially right at the end with that platforming bit where you're just climbing and climbing. And then there's people appearing out of nowhere. I don't remember that, but okay. Oh, it was, yeah, I... Did it so many times and at the end is when you've had like a really annoying difficulty final boss and you're just kind of done with it mm. i was a bit like that but i uh it's annoying because i really like that kind of i do like a psychological thriller and that they're my kind of they're my like favorite type of horror-esque games yep. i don't really like horror but something that's a bit psychological so looking at alan wake 2 it's like oh this game looks brilliant and it looks kind of right up my alley but I didn't finish the first Alan Wake and Control. I kind of liked, but I've forgotten all of the story. So maybe I think Alan Wake 2 is something that I might play in a few years, but I don't know. Maybe I just need to play Control again. So Control, I played on PS5. So I, I came oh, to it late. nice. Um, so I didn't have those performance issues. So I just enjoyed the game for what it is. And what I really liked about Control is that it sort of appears like it's just a sort of shooter in a grey building. And you're like, what like it's all kind of brutalist architecture and it just feels like a, a shooting game mm -hmm. but then the more you get into it you unlock all these weird powers and then there's all these strange goings on inside um this this office block that just gets more and more twisted up until i'll say the maze which is the best bit of the game mm -hmm. um and it just gets weirder and weirder as like the layers kind of peel away and by the end of it you're like this was really like it really messes with your mind and going back and now playing the first Alan Wake was really interesting to see how they sort of, cause Alan Wake has a bit of that and I feel like they developed it more in control. Mm -hmm. And my understanding of Alan Wake two is that it looks like it builds on both of those games even more. So Alan Wake one, I agree with you. The controls are awful. They're really clunky. The dodge mechanic is one of the worst mechanics I've ever used in the game. It's terrible. Um, it's really unresponsive. It's not reliable. I I played it on easy mode and still died a lot. Yeah, that's what because I, I just couldn't dodge at the right time. I think that's like, why it's I got so stupid. Really frustrated because I put it on stream. And I was like, okay, we're gonna stream it because it was the day it came out, the remastered. So yeah. maybe it's actually had an improvement with some patches. Who knows? But like, yeah, I remember playing it, being like, this is really frustrating, and I should go and have a look and just see how far through I am because maybe if I am about you know two thirds through, I might go. You know what? Maybe I can 
tolerate it to the end and then just kind of have a bit of a catch up of what I've missed or what so I can't remember. There's, I, I only played it, I finished it yesterday and I, I started it and did the first episode a couple of months ago mm. um, and then carried, picked it back up again on Friday. There are six episodes, each one's maybe an hour. So it's actually really not very long and it's divided into episodes literally like you're playing a TV show. It's like a kind that, of like yeah. psychological thriller TV show that you're playing through. I feel like I did three. Then you're halfway through already. Mm. Like you might as well carry on. Um, it's very cliched. Um, the story is essentially Alan Wake is a novelist and he goes to the Pacific Northwest in some little town by a lake to write his next novel but all these weird things start going on and his wife gets taken and there are weird stuff happens. But it's all happening from the manuscript that he wrote, but he didn't know that he wrote it. Um, so it's like the story's coming alive, which is kind of very cliche, just like, you know, writer goes to secluded place and his story comes alive. Like mm. it, it's very cliched. Um, but I, I feel like it kind of knows that and it plays on it a little bit and it's, it's a bit knowing um, it sort of like winks to the camera a little bit of like, yeah, we know this is a bit cliche, but we're going with it, which I don't mind. But I think it really thrives on its atmosphere. Um, and as I said, that sense of it starts quite grounded and then it just gets more and more weird and psychological. Um, there's another really cool music bit, like the maze in Control, um, which is very cool. So you can Maybe see I where will. Remedy have come from. And I'm... From what I understand, I don't think you have to have played this to play Alan Wake 2. I think it helps a lot. But I think it does help a lot. And I'm really yeah. glad that I have played it because now I'm even more excited to play Alan Wake 2. I mean, that's had like 10 out of 10 reviews, mm. people raving about it. It's gone much more survival horror. So it's more Resident Evil, but with a lot more psychological stuff in it. That's Alan Wake, that's Silent Hill. It's kind of all these really cool games that I'm like, this is really my vibe like i really mm. really want to play the sequel i might add it on the thing because i i haven't uh, mentioned it to you yet but i've got a new i'm going to do a new thing for youtube where once a week when i have the time i'm going to uh i'm going to play a game preferably like a story-based game and record like a bunch of episodes of one hour episodes of a playthrough and then put it out on youtube each day and i feel like alan wake the fact that each episode is about an hour this seems perfect mm. um they that might be a good one to start with but yeah, because I do like my playthroughs, but I just think Twitch is maybe not the best place to do a playthrough of a story-based game. But I do want to kind of sense. share it with people, especially like when it's a bit of a horror game, because I'm like, I'm not getting scared for myself. <laughs> I want to be, I want to at least share it a, le a little bit with people. So yeah. that's, that's I mean, Alan Wake is not scary. I think the sequel is, but the first yeah. one is not. It, it's it's a thriller. But look out for that. I will be putting that on YouTube. It's nice. Same place as this. Um, but it's great because then I, I don't need to kind of commit to like a specific time and I can record a bunch at the same time. Is there anything else you've been playing? Yeah, I've been playing Cocoon. Of course. Which I bought on Steam Deck because I was like, you know what? I want to play it on a handheld because it looked like a, a cute game to kind of sit with. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's good. I don't love it. And I feel like I'm the only person that's played this and doesn't absolutely love it. Correct. And I <laughs> seem to have upset you, the fact I don't love it. Yes. I like a puzzle <laughs> game, but I, I just find it a bit frustrating. And I know that some of the answers are quite, and like some of the answers are quite easy, but and people go, oh, like, you know, when I beat it, if, when you finally get that, you know, you finally work out what you need to do, it feels great. And I'm like, no, when I finally found out, I find out what I need to do. I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot because I should have known that ages ago. I should know that 20 minutes ago rather than just sat here going like, what the hell? I think it's really clever. 
I like the fact that each puzzle that you do kind of blocks off the last part of it. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a bit like, well, there's only a few options I can, I've got here. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that isn't really obvious. So that when you do click and it does, you do get it, you go, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Like there's one bit where I was being flicked up in the air and while I was holding an orb and I need to drop this orb into a shoot below. And it took me like 15 minutes to be like, oh, I didn't realize I could even do that. Mm. And a few, so there's a few moments like that that I'm like, oh, why didn't it just make it a little bit clearer that I could have done that? Because it was obvious. And obviously, like, yeah, it's a beautiful world, but what is it? You don't like ambiguity in your games, do you? I don't like ambiguity in anything. See, I love that. I'm from the Yorkshire. I know. We call a spade a spade. Yeah. And a shit game a shit game. But <gasps> it's not a shit game. It's not a shit it's game. It's not a shit game. It's... I think it's interesting what you say about difficulty because that's something that I think was praised a lot in reviews. But I also feel like that's very subjective because everybody has their own level of difficulty. So even chatting to my work colleagues about it, mm. people have had different experiences. For me... Anybody else think like me? Um, some people found it too difficult towards the very end. That's what I've reached now and I've put it down. Um, and it's that I've got the third world, like the purple one. Yeah. And it's like oh, I need to do something involving all three worlds to go in and take things out and drop things off and come out. And I'm like, that that's just, I don't find that fun. See, I found that really clever. Oh, and I clever, like how the I game don't... literally kind of folds back on itself and then turns itself inside out with these worlds within worlds, which for me was really clever. I played it all apart from the last half an hour or so in one sitting because it was getting late and I thought, oh, I'll finish it tomorrow. And then it turns out I was way closer to the end than I thought. But I played it on like a Sunday afternoon when I guess I wasn't, it wasn't late at night, I wasn't tired. And I was so in the zone that for me, the difficulty was just perfectly pitched throughout. And I never found it. I, would, I was never stuck on a puzzle for too long. But then some people have also had that experience and some other people have found it that it's actually, they've got stuck and got annoyed with it. Yeah. And I just feel like that kind of game that's so laser focused on puzzles that if they're not exactly the right difficulty then you end up getting stuck and then that's a big part of the game. So yeah. I think that's why people have had different experiences with it. But yeah, the, the times that I have got stuck, because there's maybe two of them that I've got stuck for 15 to 20 minutes on each one. And that's just me not being, it not being clear what I needed to do or mm. it not being clear that I could do something, which is weird because it's just a, you press one button. Yeah. But I didn't realize that I could press the button while this action thing was happening and that's what it needed to be. And and then you go, oh, of course it's that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I just feel a bit stupid. I like a puzzle. Speaking of, I mean, Chewy and Cocoon. Sure. Because speaking of brilliant puzzle games that I'm obsessed with, <laughs> and you are also obsessed with, probably our most played game, well, one of our most played games uh, this week is Konami Pixel Puzzle Collection <laughs> on the mobile and it's a Picross game, mm. and it's Konami, and it's free to play, and it's really, 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 really good. And that's my kind of puzzle game. It's a good little train game of, I've got 10 minutes on a train, I'll just do a quick puzzle, they last like six minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's Picross, and you're making classic Konami game what stuff. What's Picross? Is it like a nonogram or something like that? Or a nonogram? I think so, yeah, nonogram. Nonogram. I remembered something. Yeah, very weird. But yeah, the Picross is, if you don't know what it is, it's like this so there's a grid and then on the edge of the grid it tells you what like how many of those are colored in and in what order and then you, it, if you just download it and play it if you've never played a picross there's it's literally impossible for me to explain it without you just playing it 
there is a, there is a training on it. Like the first yeah. couple of, uh, of levels are training levels. Yeah. To explain how to fill it out. Yes. But yeah, having done like murder murder by numbers, I played, which was my first Picross game. Okay. Um, which I really enjoyed. So that's got in my head now. So do, doing these, I'm like on my phone, and it's, it's my first fun. one was Pokemon Picross on the 3DS. I think it was. Nice. And oh, I might have been on mobile. I can't remember. But it was. Um, it's really good fun. And it's great when you because you you have to color in these boxes using the the numbers, and it go. You look at it and go, no idea what that is, and it's like it's a tree. You're like, no, it isn't. Yeah, yeah, it looks a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, it's. I really recommend it though, and it's it's free to play. The adverts are not intrusive in the slightest. Like I think no. once once you finish a puzzle, it'll pop up with a Konami game. And then you just press the cross if you're not interested. Yeah. So it's exactly. literally all the all the adverts are just used for playing for advertising Konami games, which I'm like, sure. Yeah. Show me your game. It's better than whatever Viagra or other kind of random adverts that pop up. You're getting Viagra adverts. Yeah. Google Ads. Do you not get those? Not for Viagra. <laughs> um. Let's see what other people have been playing. Charles, we? we've got a few answers here. We have. Uh, first up, Mr. Wibble, who has played and finished Cocoon. Ooh. It's a beautifully crafted puzzle game telling its story without words. It's hard for me to talk about it without spoiling things, but I can say that lateral thinking helps. Hmm. With about four hours playtime, the game's short but sweet, although I wouldn't mind a longer game like this. And how long I'm in there, I can actually find out because it's on my... That's true. If it's like seven see, hours, I, it's going to be embarrassing. I like it? that it's really short. It's oh, just there. Where? No, um... It's literally right in the middle of the screen, Ben. Yeah, but now I can see it. Uh, oh, I've not even played it two hours. There you go. Oh. It is very short, but I like that, that it's just one of those games you can just sit and play in one sitting and just enjoy for an afternoon. Mm. Well, I've, been play I've played it in like four sittings, like just for 20 minutes before bed. Yeah, I feel like you, you haven't got sucked in. No, I haven't. It, it, not every game is for everybody. This is true. Uh, Dan Law is playing Spider-Man 2. The story is kind of predictable, but I can forgive that given the excellent animations and performances. Yes, we've also figured. Uh, Lenny Lavi, I started Reverse 1999 yesterday and the story seemed interesting, but the translation is so awful that it doesn't make sense. Probably another gacha I will eventually uninstall. <laughs> interesting about 14. About. I didn't realise that 14 wasn't translated into Spanish. You'd think that like with the money and stuff that they make having a tr like Spanish translation like being able to open up to that market obviously I guess it's I guess that it's translated the text no is it just like none of it is I'm not sure well, that'd be quite that's quite surprising oh, I suppose then they'd need Spanish speaking servers do they have Latin American servers and then maybe need a European one that maybe Spanish people go in and maybe but it's like yeah make a make a Spanish speaking server <laughs> Uh, and then lastly, we've got Randy Pasta, Randy. who's played two games. I completed Spider-Man 2, and it lives up to the first game. Combat is easy to pick up and fluid. The joy of swinging and flying through New York is fantastic. I rarely use the fast travel option to get where I needed to go. Yep. Unlocking suits is a lot easier than the first game, which forced you into completing challenges for the challenge token. Yeah, it feels like that you craft suits, don't you? So yeah. you craft them, and I'll, it's a bit weird because I don't think... I might be wrong here, but I don't think suits have unique perks this time. You can, like, I think you can add perks sure. to any suit. So I think suit is just cosmetic only. Yeah. But I'll play more and let you know. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm aware that it, it's, it's, it's also nice to dress up Spider-Man in different suits. It's weird, but I always feel wrong. Like I gave Miles a like kind of toothpaste color outfit, which people in the chat were just like, what the fuck are you doing? But the Spider-Verse costume is very cool. Oh yeah. Especially, is it the one, does it, have you got the Spider-Verse costume? 
In Miles Morales, yeah. Oh yeah, the one in Miles Morales where it actually lowers the FPS yeah, yeah. because of, you know, it's like Very animation. Cool. Oh. Very cool. Uh, the story is fine and there are some heartfelt moments sprinkled throughout. Spider-Man is followed by tragedy in most storylines, so it's nice to experience moments of happiness. I also tried City Skylines 2. It's got the basics for an enjoyable city building game, but performance issues spoil things as the city gets larger. I've had to start a new city after I hit the 100k population mark due to frequent crashes. A few streamers I watch have the same issue despite tuning the graphic settings. I'll be waiting for more patches to roll out before going back to it. Yeah. They did say that, that like they admitted Paradox admitted themselves this game does not have the best performance, but we're going to release it anyway. I'm like, no, fix it. <laughs> Do that first. <laughs> Shocking. I'm so what the very, very much looking forward to playing it. I can't wait. Paradox. Nice. Uh, Paradox games, I've never played any of their like big grand strategy games, but City Skylines 1 is just phenomenal. I've never played any of them. Do you like SimCity? No. So, yeah, it's probably not for you. <laughs> you I like, like Rollercoaster Roller Tycoon, Tycoon. Yeah. And I like Age of Empires. Maybe you would like this then. I, I might do, but I think it's the kind of game that you get sucked into for a long time. And, but you feel like you maybe don't progress. Mm. Whereas that's why I like a story game that you can, you feel like you're achieving. Oh, see, I love, I feel go. like I progress in this because you hit milestones and you hit certain things and you unlock things, you tick things off. Things with City Skylines, I think I mentioned this before on the previous one, or I might have just been on stream, was it's one of those games that you play and then you learn a little bit and then you're like, you know what, I'm going to start a new one. And you keep wanting to start mm. a new one based on what you've learned. To do it better and better yeah. every time. Yeah, exactly. So that's my kind of enjoyment from it, um, yeah. because then you, then you you create it with a better highway and a better zoning system. And you're like, oh look at that, it's working perfectly, and this is and, and it looks like a living, breathing city that you've just created. That's satisfying. Very. I did enjoy Two Point Campus a lot. Yeah, that was a lot different. I think that's more like a management game, whereas these are like planning and it's a, it is a type of strategy game, of course. No. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if it would correlate, but it's on Game Pass, I believe, isn't it? Yes, PC so, Game Pass. PC Game Pass. So if you want to give it a go, you can use my computer because I don't think you'll be able to run it on yours. No, I don't think I will. Right, let's talk about the headlines, shall we, to finish up. What are the headlines? Now, there's a few things from this week uh, we can discuss. The first is that on Wednesday night, there was the Xbox Partner Preview Showcase. And Hollow Knight sequel was announced. No, it was not. Oh. Sadly, there was no Silk Song, uh, which is a shame. But there was some other stuff which does look good. So this is all stuff coming to Xbox, but it's all third party. So actually a lot of this is still coming to PlayStation as well, to be honest. Um, but the first thing was Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. Now this is the next Like a Dragon game or Yakuza. I want to play Basically it. the eighth one. It's going to have turn-based combat again. Don't care about the turn-based combat. Do you know what I care about? This new mode. The new mode. Which <laughs> is called Dondoko Island and is essentially Animal Crossing. So you go to this tropical island... And you have to collect resources and build hotels. I think it's a hotel. Or I have like no idea. Other but there's even like stuff. villagers of sorts, aren't there? Yeah. Like people that help you out there. Yeah, residents come along. Like it, it's literally Animal Crossing, but in mm. like a dragon. I'm very much looking forward to getting to the island sanctuary in 14. Because I think that's true. But I think that is more Stardew maybe than yes. Animal Crossing. I think that's a bit more farming-y. Yeah. That might be good to stream. I will see what it's like. Yeah. I've not seen anybody stream it. Um, I managed to avoid that. but That's true. Yeah. I think it's very single player though. Yeah. Interesting. But yes, so that's coming to Like a Dragon, which I think will be really fun. So Because everyone loves the mini games in that game more than the main story. Mm. So now to have this entire side thing that is literally Animal Crossing, like that's 
That's going to take up a lot of time. But things like Like a Dragon, you know, that is a sequel to, you said, what was that sequel to again? Well, what's confusing is that the series was Yakuza, and then the seventh one was called Yakuza Like a Dragon. But in Japan, the whole series is called Like a Dragon. So now this one is called Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is the eighth mainline game. Hence, Infinite is like an eight on yeah. the side. So that's why it's called Infinite So is Wealth. it a sequel to Like a Dragon? Yes. But it has different combat? No, it's turn-based again. Oh, is that? Sorry, I didn't hear. Yeah. Yes. It's still uh, turn-based. That disappoints me. But then there's another Like a Dragon game that comes out in like a month time, which is a side quest, which I've totally forgotten what it's called. But that is traditional Yakuza with action combat. And that is playing as Kiryu, which is like a side a side story that bridges the gap between seven and eight, basically. So there's there's just a lot of game coming out. Just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, Sega. Um, next up, Future Lab, who make Power Wash Simulator. Yes. They have another new game coming out. Um, now, they had a series called Velocity, which was out on the I Vita. I don't know about this. Yeah. Um, called Velocity, which was out on the Vita. Um, it came out on other things as well. I played it on Switch. Um, it's like a 2D um, arcade ah, shooter thing yes. where you can like warp through walls. It was really cool. Um, so they made that before Power Wash. They now have a new game coming out called Ikaro Will Not Die. And it's essentially a sort of spiritual successor to Velocity, but 3D and a roguelite, which is kind of giving me slightly more arcade um, Returnal vibes. It's giving me vibes of that Hyperlight Drifter sequel where they've just gone and changed things, made it 3D. Isn't that what they've done there? Kind of, but very different genres. Oh, right. um, so this is going to be a third-person shooter, but arcade kind of shooter. So I think a little bit like Returnal, but much more arcade and and um, um, what's the word? Not realistic, but um, stylistic, okay. I guess. Um, so I think that looks really cool. I'm excited for that. Uh, there was then a trailer for Still Wakes the Deep. Now, this is the next game from the Chinese room who made Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. So it's going to be another walking like that game. It glitched. Oh, that's a shame. It was one of the orbs that you had to follow and then it disappeared. And I couldn't, it was it had gone. And I, it left a sour taste in my mouth. Oh, that's a shame. So this is going to be another walking simulator style game, but it's much more of a horror game. I think they're called stroll playing games. Whatever. Um, this is much more of a horror game, but it's set in the 70s in a North Sea oil rig. And it's full of Scottish dialects. So it literally has subtitles for English speaking people because I they can't I cannot wait Scottish. to play that and do the voice myself. <laughs> is Isabel on there? Hello there, everybody. Well, Actually, the, welcome to the oil rig. I don't know what that was. That was Sorry. definitely that was really bad. From that was me that you trying to copy you. That was also yeah. bad. Um, you. Don't blame me. You're welcome. Um, but no, this looks really cool. It's like a horror horror game with like spooky happenings. I'm down on an oil rig in the middle of the north. You sea. know me. I love a straw playing game. They're like yep. my favorites. So yeah, I think this looks really good. I actually only watched half the trailer because I thought I don't want spoilers. Yeah. I know I want to play this. And it'll this probably be good. like two hours long, I guess, if it's... Exactly. Yeah. It'll be a short kind of game. Uh, there's a new Robocop game coming. I I've heard that's really... quite good, actually. I've heard it's good as well, but I also couldn't give a shit about it. Cause... Unlike King Kong, that game didn't look good. No. Um, there was also a trailer for Dungeons of Hinterberg. Now, I played this at Gamescom, and it looks really, that's really good. That's the Austrian one? It's Austrian Zelda. Basically. Mm. So it's set in an Austrian mountain resort. Um, sort of present day really. And it's done through this graphic novel, comic-y kind of style. But then you go off into the mountains to... Yodel? To Yodel. Oh. 
Um, really? No. Oh. Uh, to to explore dungeons. <laughs> okay. With like Zelda style, with like right. Zelda style puzzles, and you have like bomb abilities and other stuff and combat. So it's very Zelda-y, but set in Austria. Um, this trailer had more of the kind of relationship stuff. So there's a resort where you have relationship, as in friendship relationships, um, with different townsfolk um, as well. So it looks really cool. I'm really excited for that. Mm. Spirit of the North 2, some indie game about a fox. Meh. Um, Metal Gear Solid what a Delta. Tory response. <laughs> wow. Who cares about the fox? Uh, Metal Gear Solid Delta. I'm not a Tory. Uh, is the remake of Snake Eater. So we got to see in-game footage for the first time. I wasn't massively impressed. Um, and it's had a bit of a mixed reaction. It looks technically very impressive. Like incredible water and lighting and textures. The jungle's alive. Like it looks really good. But it's just, it's missing something from the original game. Kojima. I mean, yes, it's missing Kojima. <laughs> I wonder if Kojima would have let that come out like that. Probably not. Every time they've released a game since he's left... I mean, the original Snake Eater came out on the PS2, so obviously not great graphics. No. Look, yeah, I mean, great for the time, but, you know, looking stylistic. back. They haven't aged well, but they're very stylistic. I think the old Metal Gear games ha are kind of only really a step on from anime to me, in that they're very stylistic. They're obviously not anime characters, but they, they're sort of a step on from that, like, stylistic, quite angular, um, which is because of the 3D models were limited polygons, but it has that anime kind of, Character, slight character design meets like robots and like weird things going on. It's like very Japanese. And this Snake Eater remake just feels like they've gone very generic action. Mm. And it feels a bit too clean and a bit too detailed. And it's missing the kind of golden 70s hue or 60s, 70s hue from the original game. Like it just, there's just I'm, something missing for me. I'm going to be disappointed if this was what they had in like line for kind of like remaking all of them. And they were like, let's start with the one that is like the original, like because it's the prequel. Well, yeah, chronologically, it's the yeah. first one. So it'd be a bit disappointing if this is what they are now going to put out and be like, okay, if this doesn't do well, we're just going to can it. Yeah. And then we'd miss out on full remakes of the other Metal Gear games, Metal Gear Solid games. I mean, we've had the uh, the Metal Gear Master Collection this week, which I really touch... want to play, and they haven't really touched them. Which is fine. They've moved. They've taken the same versions from the HD collection, so that was basically one, two, and three, but mm. in HD or two and three at least were HD, HD on yeah. PS3 that came out. Um, and they've just kind of re-released that as a collection, really. That's fine. And I'm fine with that because yeah. the originals still look great because. They have that stylistic art style to them. And when you're playing it, you are literally playing the original. You know, when you finish that, you're like, okay, I've played the original Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. It's a bit like Final Fantasy VII that I'm going to be playing over, well, on our holiday. I'm going to play the original. And I think they do have a few quality of life improvements, but it's still everything else is I mean, you can cheat same. your way through it if you want to. I mean, I will be cheating my way through it. I want to finish it in a week. Sure. You can do that without cheating. It's not that long. I'd like to do other things. Like, we are going to Cape Verde. I would like to do other things other than play I'm, Final I'm Fantasy VII. I'm going to sit on my ass. So, well, I will there we go. be doing a lot of that as my, myself as well. Uh, next up was Manor Lords, which is a sort of medieval set strategy game, which looks very... It sort of gave me... Um, what's the political one that we tried and got completely lost in? Lost in? Oh, um, Age... No, not Age of Empire. The Crusader Kings. Yes. It gives me that meets Age of Empires, but 
you might like it because you like that kind of strategy game, but it looks very in-depth. I do like it when when it's not too in-depth. Yeah, this looks very in-depth. Mm. Um, a game called The Finals, which is a free-to-play, team-based, competitive shooter. There is an open beta that's out now. Um, there's a lot of this kind of game, but I actually think this looks really cool. Really? Um, it has destructible environments, which technically look very impressive. Um, so that's what a lot of people are talking about. What I really like is that they've really gone for the arena vibe so there is literally an arena of a crowd mm. around you um and there's announcers with commentators as you're playing so it feels like a sports game mm. like in an arena it's almost sort of hunger gamesy of like teams against each other with commentators and stuff i, yeah. I think it actually looks really cool as much see, as there are a lot of this kind of game what it wasn't no what was the game that had the ai commentators there was something going on the other like i saw this on twitter I have no idea. Let me see if I can find it. There was some... It was quite... In fact, I'm going to play you a little bit of it. Because um, it's it's shocking. Um, where is it? Da, 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 da. The, oh, it is the finals. Oh, it is this? But it is the finals that's using... like, But the voice... But like the commentators are via uh, um, oh, AI. AI. Okay. Which is a little bit... Let me go and play it. So. Welcome to Quick Cash. The team that tucks away enough money first triumphs. Scotty said it. Let's see who's got the pace to ace this race. We've got our first elimination, Scotty. Talk about making a solid first impression on our sponsors. But is that so? It's a bit weird. Does that mean that when you're playing it, like they have commentary while yeah. you're playing it? Okay, I think the idea weird. is that it's almost it's like an esports match, basically. Okay. But it's like you're playing it, so they're commentating as you're doing it. Well, I don't know. I, I quite like that as a style. Yeah, I don't understand why people are really good because you're not going to have a human being commentating every single game that you're playing. I like that. I I kind of like that idea, even though it does sound really weird and wrong. And you probably want to turn it off after like the second match. Yeah, maybe it will get annoying. But I, I just like I, from the trailer. I thought this looks really cool. Yeah, a good idea. So I was like, so I guess the finals is going with AI voices, but it's yeah because I'm. I'm guessing the op other option would be like, so it's AI voice, uh, voices and the other option would be record loads of lines like in FIFA or something. Yeah, and then put it together, but then mm. that's going to get really repetitive. So... Yeah, I think when people... I don't know, I think just when people say the word AI, people like instantly retch and it's... There are times when it's, you know, it is going to be fine. But yeah, with AI voices in video games, it's definitely a bit of a contentious issue. It is, but I'm sure that's based on voice actors that will have obviously lent their voices willingly to mm. that, I would presume. I mean, yes. But... And then that feels like quite an interesting, innovative feature as opposed to we can't be bothered to like, because mm. I understand why they've done that, as you said, because that's giving that esports thing and it's always going to change. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Baldur's Gate, they just used an AI. Like, that would be terrible. But yeah. for that, I can see why they might have done that. There are some people that are going to be like, it's the slope, it's the start, you know, the thin end I mean, of the wedge. I mean, it is the start, and that's a shame. And is that how do you feel when it comes to, for example, using AI voices for very, 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 like, minor characters in a massive open world that very few people will encounter? I mean, that's a shame because that's still an opportunity for somebody to get some work. Yeah. Um, and they can reuse them. If it's if it's like somebody's... Because I've heard people talk about this, but... If it's like an AI character, so if it's a character that very, very few people are going to interact with, have them share, <laughs> like have a few yeah. voices shared, like with their lines. Exactly. But I think I feel like that. Mm, it 
it's interesting. It's going to be interesting if they start using AI for commentary, especially in things like in sports games. Mm. So AI for if they were, example, using some uh, like famous football commentator and they used their voice and then they're like, hey, can we use AI to make it sound more fluid and to make it not just the same lines repeated and repeated again? That might be very, you know, very appealing to EA and other sports and 2K. I can see that happening. Yeah. But then is that the start of the, is mm. it just continuing exactly. more and more? They just they need to regulate it very clearly. Yes, I mean, and that's that's the bottom line. That's what's happening right now. To be honest, that's what they're fighting for. Yep. So to finish off the partner showcase, there was then Ark Survival Ascended, which is a survival game with dinosaurs. Not I never my thing got into Ark. Not my thing at all. I remember it just being really really buggy. I did play a little bit of Atlas, which was their pirate game that was awful. It was literally oh. about two FPS when it released. It broke Steam when it released because everyone was like, "Oh my god." arc but like a huge 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 pirate map and yeah it i don't know i don't even know if it's even playable anymore it was that bad oh dear i've got it on yeah atlas oh apparently there's an expansion map already out for it and there's a season 13 that was out in june okay so well i feel like atlas well, is a go. little bit uh yeah it had issues yeah and then they finished it with another trailer for alan wake 2 um, this was literally two days before it came out. So I didn't even watch that trailer because I thought, I know I want to play yeah. that. I'm just going to wait and play the actual game. So that was that. Um, some news from over the weekend. Um, Capcom apparently still has a major unannounced game that is set to come out this financial year, i.e. by March 2024. I think we know what it's going to be. Well, there's a lot of speculation. Um, major title suggests that if it's Capcom, it's going to be either Resident Evil or Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Now, I think Monster Hunter is the more likely of the two. Resident Evil, we've just had Resi 4 remake um, this year. Yeah. There's going to be, I guess, Resident Evil 9 is going to be the next one. Yeah. I don't know if that will be... I feel like that's probably still a way off. I feel like... Because they still, still haven't released... Um, the VR. Yeah, there's still VR for 4. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like we're not ready yet for another big Resident Evil. But people Monster not, Hunter Rise... Yeah, people are not kind of clamoring for a new Resident Evil just yet. Yeah, Monster Hunter Rise was, what, three years ago now? Yeah, and it, and, Monster, and like that was a Switch game when it first came out. Yeah. And obviously then they're, they're not show, they haven't shown off the, like, the power that a PS5 Monster Hunter could do. Exactly. Because the one before that was Monster Hunter World, which was the big next step in Monster Hunter. Yeah. Then they sort of went to the Switch and did Rise... Um, which was similar and refined and I think better. I prefer it, yeah. Um, but then they've obviously released that more recently on other consoles and PC. Mm. And now, surely we need the next, next step on. Can you imagine Monster like Hunter. a Monster Hunter with destructible environments and yeah. like proper pushing to the limit of a PS5? And I don't think I've ever got to the end of a Monster Hunter. I, I, I've got, seen credits. Yeah, was same, but then they always <laughs> add loads of extra stuff afterwards. So World, I never quite got to the end. Rise, I got very close, but not quite to the end. Mm. Um, and I really enjoy those games. But maybe maybe this one, if it is Monster Hunter, maybe this will be the one we finally do. Yeah. But yes, people think maybe we'll get something at um, the Game Awards for the end of the year as an announcement, which would be cool. Yeah. Game Awards announcements, I always, always enjoy those. Mm. I hope we get, oh, you know what we're going to get, I bet. What? More Death Stranding 2 at the Game Awards. Maybe. Maybe some Elden Ring DLC. Yes. Silk Song? Not long to... F I don't know about that. Mm. I don't know about that. Um, next up, Disney Dreamlight Valley. 
unfortunately, is ditching free-to-play. So this has been an early access for a long time, and it was paid early access, I Yeah, believe. you had to buy it. Um, but... Unless you had it on Game Pass. Yes. Because I'm guessing it'll still be on Game Pass. I actually don't know that, to be honest. Um, but it was, yeah, free, uh, pay, and then it was going to go fully released, but as free-to-play. Yeah. Now it's staying as a paid game. So it's going to be fully released very soon, um, okay. 5th of December, but you will have to buy it. Um, it's not free to play, but there is still an in-game store to buy premium stuff. So you've still got to spend more money. There's then a big yeah. expansion coming that's like 30 quid that has loads of extra stuff in it. So There's still some free stuff. Like it's, characters are still free that they add. Um, I think like, There'll be free updates, I'm sure. Yeah, I but, think the, the characters that they add are always free, I believe. But, but there's a lot of paid stuff in it and people are not happy because this was meant to be this big free-to-play game and yeah. now it's suddenly become very expensive. Why would they do that and like lose all that goodwill? I'm guessing that it's not making anywhere near as much money as they wanted it to. I mean, it's game loft. They want the money. Mm. Sad times. Um, the original Fortnite map is coming back for a bit. Totally playing that. I thought you might. Yep. That's my year. That's my kind of era of Fortnite. I 100% the battle pass in like season one, two, and three. So yeah, fully down for that. That comes about this week on the 3rd of November. Ooh. So I think it's for a limited time um, before the next big chapter. Um, but it's a chance to go back to the original map, but with all the new abilities. I, yeah, I don't understand all that stuff, but I'll no, enjoy playing. Uh, I'll enjoy going in, going to uh, Tilted Towers. Although Tilted Towers wasn't actually in the original map. It was all... There were lots of like copy-pasted areas. There were lots of areas that were very similar to other areas on the map. So maybe people will go back and go, oh, yeah, this isn't as good as I remember. This is a bit crap. I think it was like, for me, the best, I think it was season like three was when they introduced Tilted Towers and the big bit in the middle with the like the, the like crater. And yeah, I'm trying to remember it to be honest. It's been a while. It has been a long time. 2016. I was never into it. 17. And then the last bit of news to finish up. So while we were at FanFest last weekend, it was TwitchCon Vegas. It was. And there's a little bit of news that was announced. Uh, the first up being that you can now simulcast on any platform. Yeah. And that is, I think people are going to take advantage of that. I wonder if OBS will release a an update that allows you to simulcast like as part of the base software. Because the moment you have to get a plug-in, or you have to use something else. So uh, I think OBS might be like, oh, maybe we can include that plugin as an actual, I guess it'll have to go through lots of testing and stuff. But that would be, if it makes it really easy like that, I think people, we're going to see everybody do it. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what people simulcast to, because I would happily, I'd simulcast to YouTube um, because I put content on there as well. But I've already seen people simulcasting to Twitch and Kick. Yep. Or TikTok, I guess, is another one. Yeah. I think there's a thing, there's also a plugin on OBS where you can simulcast like vertically. So then it goes to TikTok. Uh, okay. There you go. So yeah, that's obviously going to help people to find a new audience and, yeah. and, and you know, stream multiple places. Shouldn't be, shouldn't have been restricted in the first place, but yeah. yeah. And if people have left Twitch, they can now come back and reapply for partner um, if they want to do that. Oh, I didn't see that. Yep. What if they left and then they lose, they get their account locked and banned or whatever? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, like, yes, the right. So, basically, some people, you know, high profile, partnership. yeah, gave up the partnership to go and stream for YouTube or yeah. something. They can now come back and say, right, I want to simulcast cast on YouTube and Twitch. 
can I have my partner status back? And they yeah. can reapply. Wow, they have to reapply for it. Um, yeah, I think they have to reapply. Um, other stuff. Guest star is now being called Stream Together. And it has more of a focus on streamer-to-streamer -streamer collaboration. Yeah, I got that impression when we had the roundtable at the last TwitchCon. They were very much focusing on that. Yep. I mean, it's a good feature. I feel like they're putting a lot of effort into it, but it's maybe... I think they've seen good results for it, but the majority of people don't care about that. Yep. One of the big things with it is that they will soon have the ability to merge chats into one. So if you're, if oh. you know, say you and I were streaming separately, we could just have one chat of everything together. Interesting. Uh, the roundtable that was brought up and everybody was like, that sounds like a great idea. And they were like, oh, we'll take a note. Oh, so well, they, well, there you go. That was my, I did that. Yeah, it didn't. It was my idea. Um, a few other things, uh, some tweaks coming to feature clips, um, a vertical clip option coming to clip editor. Um, and their off-service policy has been updated uh, to include swatting and doxing as behaviours that Twitch does not uh, endorse, of yep. course. Um, there's loads more stuff on the Twitch blog, but they were the biggest announcements. Um, Twitch Stories has also gone live now as well on the mobile app. Yep. Um, so you can have little social media style stories, which is what they announced at uh, Paris when we were there. Yeah, I can't see that taking off. I've started using it. Yeah. Just as a, an extra going live thing. Because I think sometimes not everybody gets the the announcement, the notification. Yeah. So when I go live, I'll just do a quick story. Say, hey, going live to do boom, boom, boom at this time. Yeah. Just in case people happen to see it on the app. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the end of Swapping Joysticks. Um, thank you very that much. Was longer than, uh, than we intended, I think. A little bit. Well, we had a couple of extra things to catch up on. But I mean, we, we fan fest. We did. To be honest, for a fan fest special, like an hour and a half, I think it's quite... Uh, impressive actually yeah next weekend uh we don't really have anything planned thank god so we can we will be doing it as usual next sunday and you know out next monday mm -hmm. um because yeah it will be probably in december that we uh go to the wednesday uh well the thursday release well we'll have a week off because we've got holiday cannot wait uh at the end of november no i no, I cannot wait for a week off from streaming, but a week off from work. To have a holiday, yes. yes. It's going to be lovely. Um, that'll be the end of November, and I guess when we come back will be the new schedule. Absolutely. Nice. But yeah, and thank you everyone, and also thank you everyone that has donated or streamed for Stream It Beat It. We're getting very, oh, we're getting very, very close to the end. Seems like we are going to hit £30,000 uh, raised, uh, because there's also 2500 that isn't included in the Tiltify campaign. So yeah, we're already at 265 so I think yeah, it's over 29,000 right now. So very, very pleased with that. So thank you very much to Ed for doing that and anybody else who's watching. Appreciate it was a small, a small contribution for me. It was a big contribution, like 400 pounds or something. That's all right. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, so look out for that. Also go and check out on YouTube. We have played, uh, we played the NBA game. That's not NBA. What's it called? The football game, NFL. Yes. So we did that. There's <laughs> very a, different. Yeah, there's a... A little playthrough where we went and learned that, thanks to Mr. and Mrs. Yuffie. Yes. So, uh, which is chaotic. But yeah, thank you very much for watching. Uh, where can we find you, Ed? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch and Twitter. Excellent. You can find me at BiggestBenus1 on Twitter, but everywhere else just find me as BiggestBenus. Go to SwappingJoysticks.com if you want to go and get all the links for the podcasts or for like the YouTube vodcasts on there. And yeah, have fun. And we will be back in a week where we'll probably be talking more about Spider-Man, Final Fantasy XIV. Anything yep. else coming out this next week? Um, no, I feel like releases are slowing down a bit now for the end of the year, which is a good thing because it gives us time to catch up.
Thank you very much for watching. Bye. Bye.